Okay, here we go. Arshas, Arshas Bishalach. So, um, the Jewish people have come out of Egypt and they're supposed to really go straight to Israel. And what happens instead is the Egyptians see them running around and they seem to be lost. So uh, we know the famous story, the Jews get to the, the Red Sea and um, what happens is they're stuck on the, in the back they have the Egyptians and there's uh, the Torah tells us there's animals on the side, there's nowhere to go and they have the raging water in front of them and we know, long story short, the, uh, the, uh, the, the sea splits. The sea splits. Sea splits. And, and countless miracles happen during the sea splitting. And um, Jews get through. They walk through the sea. All many many details, fascinating story. Whoever watched Ten Commandments did a pretty good uh, rendition of it. But at the end of the day, they come out and they sing this incredible. All the, all the Jews experience prophecy, and they sing this incredible incredible song, the song of all songs. It's called Az Yashir, and there's a lot of really cryptic lines, beautiful lines, and I wanted to focus on some of those and bring out some interesting points. So it says in chapter 15, verse 2. It says, Zekelev Yanveu, this is my God, and I will glorify him. So the Talmud and Shabbos discusses this at length. And one famous idea we learn from this is that a person is supposed to beautify mitzvos. Person Person, you know, you 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 um wear you wear tzitzis, you wear tefillin, you do all kinds of mitzvahs, you do shofar, you go through all the many many uh, mitzvahs that we have, and what happens is, is um, a person could just do them, or a person could do them in a beautiful way, and we know in all areas of life we have that we have our obligations, and we have our things that we can do. And we can just do them, or we can do them in a way that shows how much we care and how much how, how how wonderful it is to us. And Maimonides says a beautiful thing, which is relevant, I think, for the theme that we've been focusing on in this class. Maimonides says that he takes what Rashi says and the Talmud says to the next level. That even this also applies to the mitzvah of charity, the mitzvah of being of doing kindness and helping other people with their needs. And Maimonides speaks out that, for example, let's say someone is hungry or whatever and they need food. So you may think, hey, you know, I gave them some food. I'll give them a granola bar. I'll give them a piece of bread. No. The mitzvah is, we see from here, to do it in a glorified way. Give them the best food you have. Someone needs clothing. Give them the best clothing that you have. That's what he says. 
in a different point, again, this all is all in the, 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 the Talmud talks about this and says there also that what does it mean? This is my God and I'll glorify him. What's the focus? I think it's on the my God part of it. Focus is that um, just to, to be, it's like my God, to be like, to be like God, just like God is compassionate, you should be compassionate. Just like God is merciful, you should be merciful. And that's, that's really our whole point in life. God's perfect. And we, um, and we emulate him. The story, many stories, obviously, probably have stories in day-to-day life like this, but certainly, um, uh, this is just another one of those, but it's a great story. Ramosha Shapiro, so he unfortunately passed away. I think he may have been killed in the Holocaust. And so he was the one who established the famous Daf Yomi. Daf Yomi is established, must be about 100 years ago, that the Talmud, which is most of the uh, our traditions are, are, are documented in the Talmud. And he, he made this calendar that had that Jews all over the world Wherever they are, are studying the same page every day. In fact, I, I, I do this. I do it with a group of friends. And actually starting a new book tonight and tomorrow. Uh, you can Google that. Dafyomi is pretty famous. So he, he, had, he was so excited about this idea. And he was campaigning about this idea. And he was at a massive convention. And at the convention, he was had meetings about this. And someone came to uh, where the meeting was. It was a poor person who wanted some help from Rabbi Shapiro. And the, I guess the ushers there kind of shoot him away saying, you know, the Rabbi has this big plan he's doing. And, um, and uh, afterwards, Rabbi Shapiro uh, found out that um, he wasn't, uh, that this person was not let in. He said, look, you know, yeah, I got this amazing plan, but, you know, life is about emulating God and being compassionate and being merciful. And like everything, we always have to can't lose the forest for uh, for the trees. So moving along in this song, chapter 15, verse 13, says, with your kindness, you guided this people that you redeemed. So what does that mean? What's it referencing when it says your kindness? So the Chavetz Chaim, famous Chavetz Chaim, who you hear me quoting a lot because he wrote so many books about the different aspects of how to deal properly with other people. And he says that he, I think I remember hearing this years ago, but he says that the Tana Devail Yahu. Tadelio says that when the Jewish people realized that they were stuck in Egypt, so they actually got together and they 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 wanted to see what could we do to um, that things should be successful. And they got together, and one of the many uh, one I wouldn't say it was that many, but it, one of the powerful ideas that the Jews came up with was that they had a pact 
that they were going to do chesed with each other. They said, hopefully Hashem will see us be kind to each other. And um, and that merit, we hope God will redeem us. And we see in this song that that's one of the things that God saw. God saw, look, this is an amazing people. They're slaves and they're being, they had every excuse in the book. But um, they... Uh, they didn't give in to those excuses, and they did kindness for each other, and that's what we see from this song, that that was one of the things that the Jews did that got them being able to be redeemed. Okay, so later on in the, in the Torah, so the Jews are traveling in the desert, chapter 17, verse 9. says that famously that the Jews were attacked, attacked by the nation Amalek. And it says there that um, they actually, the Jews saw they had to, they had to wage a war. And Moshe said to Yoshua to go and choose men for the war and go out and fight. So, it says bachar, bachar, to choose. So Rashi says here, well, what, what, is it, what does it mean, bachar lanu, to choose for us? So an amazing thing he quotes here, that Moshe was equating himself with his student. You know, Moshe's in charge here. So a classic leader, what would they have done? They would have said, hey, um, you know, could you get me the soldiers? And instead he was humble and he gave respect to his, to his student, who also was a leader. And we learned from there that uh, how important it is to give honor to people who are below you. Everyone's deserving of honor, uh, especially students. And um, that's something that, Mo it's incredible that Mo we see over and over again that, that Moshe was able to do this. So what exactly happened with this Amalek? What was, what was with this nation? And we know it's a big deal. We know the story of Parim. Amalek is known as the arch nemesis of the Jewish people. Here is the first fight they have after Egypt. And I'm sorry, after the uh, splitting of the Red Sea, which obviously the Red Sea was also with the, with the Egyptians. And what, what was so bad about them? what's their thing and all the commentators talk about how obviously it was a specific people but they personified an idea the idea was I forgot where it says it it gives an analogy it's kind of like you have let's say you have something very uh, hot and then you take an ice cube and you throw it in and it cools everything off. So what Amalek did, it wasn't just that they waged war and they was not nice and of all those things. It was much more than that. It was that the Jewish people were riding high. The whole world respected God. People knew what happened in Egypt. They heard about the plagues and they heard about the Red Sea and all the pomp and the miracles. And what happens? 
and so on, when everyone is inspired, the whole world inspired. The Jewish people are feeling amazing about themselves, which, which was appropriate. They needed, there was a pride. They go and they poke the hole in it. And that idea, it's called, one, one of the commentators puts it as late sanut, late sanus. You know how the you know, I forgot where it says it. it says that you can have a hundred inspiring words and one little joke, one in a one bad joke in bad taste, wrong, badly timed. Everyone's inspired. Everyone's ready to do something, and someone makes light of it. And that's the constant of Amalek because all of us want to do good. We all want to do good. But sometimes we'll do this or someone else will do it for us um, where we'll somehow like, you know, take away from the seriousness of something and then it's all gone. So that's something we're supposed to learn from like to not to do. We don't want to be that person that uninspires ourselves, uninspires other people. We, don't, we, we want to be able to be people who seize the moment and help others seize their moments. Two more ideas, then we'll do a quick review. It says that, right? So the Jews were sitting there by the Red Sea, water was raging, nothing's happening. So the Jewish people turn to Moshe, Moshe talks to God, and God says, deal with it. And the Jews basically knew God's going to do something. He'd been doing something for a long time, but, and they kind of knew, it, it seems like somehow they knew that the way that we go was something, some, they didn't know what was going to happen exactly. But one man named Nachshon, he sees the situation. He's like, you know what? God, God has got this. God is going to do something amazing. What does God do? What does Nachshon do? He jumps into the raging waters. And people are scared. Looks like he's going to drown. And right when the water, I believe, gets said, it says it gets up to his nose, and he's going to. It looks like all, all, as if nature would have its way, that um, that he's going to die. And as soon as that point, boom, the whole splitting of the Red Sea happens. And we say that it was because of this demonstration of trusting God that Nachshon demonstrated by saying, you know what? We're stuck. We are absolutely stuck. Egyptians behind us, doesn't know the side, raging water in front of us. We are stuck. There's no, there's no way that God is not going to help us. So he jumps in, he jumps in, and, and then the water splits. And this actually has become a Jewish euphemism that people say, you know, who's going to be the Nachshon, right? Often you have a situation, well, you could be your own Nachshon. You know, you have a situation where someone's got to do something or you've got to do something and you don't know how it's going to end. You, you don't see how a situation can get better or how a relationship can get better or something. And we learn from here the famous idea that someone's got to be a Nachshon. Someone's got to be a Nachshon. And, and if we can get that Nachshon mentality for ourselves and for other people, that's a very important lesson. And that's what we see from the Parsha.
One more idea. You see, right, so as the Jews left Egypt, in chapter 13, right at the end of the Parsha, verse 19, it says that Moshe took the bones of Yosef with him out of Egypt, because he, because Yosef had to ask the Jews to, to swear that they will take his bones from Egypt and bring them to Israel. So ultimately what happened? What happened? Remember, the Jews were in Egypt for a long, long time. Like, we're talking about like maybe almost as long as America's around. Long time. And Moshe remembered his promise to take them out. Now, you might say, what's the big deal? Okay, listen, you know, it's Yosef was the leader of the Jewish people, and all the, the, the it seems like it was common knowledge that if the Jews ever got out of Egypt or when they would get out of Egypt, Yosef's bones had to go. And okay, seems like pretty, let's say, what's the big deal? Well, apparently, Moshe gets credit. The Torah says Moshe did it. It was really the whole Jewish people's responsibility, but everyone, Moshe went and got Yosef's. Well, body, very fascinating story how that happens, how he finds it. And everyone else was also doing a mitzvah. They were doing the mitzvah that we talked about last week of getting the treasure from the Egyptians, which was what they were saying they were actually, it was a mitzvah to do. God had, God had, had um, promised Abraham he would get it. And and they and they were supposed to do that. So everyone wonders, like, what's the, what's the, what's the, why is it like considered like this amazing, like almost like a question against all the Jews for doing what they're supposed to do because Moshe got it. So I saw a great explanation that we see. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, "Chacham lev yikach mitzvos." A person who is wise of heart will take mitzvos. Now, of course, we know a person should do mitzvahs. What does this mean? It means that a lot of times you have situations and there's numerous, it could be even good things that have to happen. But sometimes, and it's very easy for a person to, uh, let's say, justify an easy, fun choice. Well, look, it's important. It's a mitzvah. Look, I'm doing it. But then... There's other things that also have to happen, which may not be as fun or as glorious. And those things can often be left for no one to do. And it takes a wise, discerning person, which we all can be, to use that discerning uh, capabilities and wisdom that we have to be a person who can look at a situation and be wise and, and do what has to be done in every situation, in every relationship. And um, ultimately, Talmud tells us that Moshe was, was greatly rewarded for this. It says that since Moshe had the presence of mind and the sensitivity to make sure at this wild time that, um, that uh, he, took, he took care of Yosef's burial, God himself busied himself with um with with burying Moshe. God himself buried Moshe right before they went into Israel. 
and this uh, brings home one of those very um, encouraging, empowering ideas that that God always always takes care that everything's going to be okay. Uh, so there's an amazing story. I, I saw this earlier today that there was once a group of yeshiva students hanging outside their yeshiva in Jerusalem. And what happened was, was that um, they see all of a sudden this hearse, no hearse carrying a dead body, driving down this like small street in Jerusalem. And it was clear that there was a body in there and it was, there was no, there was no entourage. And the Jew and these young yeshiva students, they realized, wow, this is really unusual. This is very sad, actually. What's going on over here? So they kind of, they, they, they assess the situation and all the yeshiva boys decided, you know what? They don't know exactly what's going on. They're going to give respect, final respects to this, this person who was in the hearse. And they, they follow the, the, the special mitzvah of escorting a, a body to its burial. And they, um, Take it all by they, they follow, followed by all the way to the cemetery, and there's a rabbi who was, I guess, uh, somehow called to be there, uh, maybe by the state or whatever it was. And the rabbi is blown away, and uh, he says, What are you doing? And they tell him what happened, they do the burial, and they ask around, they start asking around, like, It's right, it's amazing, it's 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 it's, it's, it's so you it's so strange that the way the story came about. And listen to what came about. Apparently, many, many years earlier, this particular yeshiva, there was a very wealthy man who gave the building for this yeshiva. And not only that, he he sustained the building, which also is a lot of times challenging. You get a big, fancy building, then it costs a lot of money to spend. He actually took care of it for many years. And the heads of the yeshiva kept saying, what can we do to pay you back to show our appreciation? And he said, I want you to please take care of my one daughter. And they always kept up with the family and they always kept track of the child, the daughter, to make sure they would be able to do anything they could. And ultimately, the, the father passed away. And this particular child um, did not end up not really staying in the community. She ended up having a lot of challenges. And, and ultimately, the original rabbis that knew about this also passed away. So with time, this, 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 this child, who is now a grown woman, really had isolated and become very ill uh, mentally and probably physically also. And she uh, kind of normally knew what was going on with her. And she passed away. She, and she passed away. And no one, even, no one knew her. And somehow, on a coincidence, of course, no coincidence, the hearse driver decided to drive her down this street, which made no sense. He doesn't make any sense when he just did it. And then the very students who were in the yeshiva that her father had had taken care of had ultimately God had orchestrated everything that uh, things would, would work out. And that's something that when we're in tough situations we can always uh, trust that God has everything worked out. And a lot of times we have no idea how it's going to happen. Quick review, some ideas we talked about. And we talked about the idea we learned from the song the Jews sang after the Red Sea. 
that we have to beautify mitzvahs. Don't just do mitzvahs. Do them in a beautiful way. That's why we buy nice things and silver and gold and just in general. And Maimonides takes it to the next level. He says, this doesn't just apply to mitzvah objects like a sukkah or a lulav or a shofar. It also applies to our acts of charity, our acts of kindness. You've got to, we don't just do them, you know, ah, someone needs some food here, some crackers. Someone needs uh, clothing here, something. You do it in a beautiful way. We also learned from this this uh, this song how our, our, one of our, Perhaps our main goal in life is to emulate God, just like God's compassionate. We should be compassionate. Just like He's merciful, we should be merciful, and we don't lose the forest for the trees. That is our goal, to be God-like in that way. Chavetz Chaim brought out for us the idea, incredible idea, that, that, that we learned from the song, it's hinted to, that when the Jews were in Egypt, one of the things they did, one of the main things they did to merit getting out of the slavery was that um, that that they had made a pact amongst themselves to do kindness to each other? We learned how Moshe had so much respect; he treated everyone with respect, tremendous amount of humility. Even his students, especially his students, we learned that the concept of a malik, of person, you know. Get instead of seizing the moment, killing the moment. And now sometimes we get inspiration and we'll distract ourselves or we'll distract other people. And we learn from Amalek that really is 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 the ruin of many, many good inspirational things. And we want to be we certainly want to be that inspiration and we want to help other people seize the moments. We learned about being a not the Nachshon mentality. Nachshon mentality is sometimes you gotta just jump. And, and, and when you realize there's no, nothing else to do except for a trust in God, you exhibit that trust in God, or then God, God, will, God will pick you up. Or a similar idea, a person in a situation, and just, someone's got to get things started. The Naksha mentality. And really applies to yourself also. A lot of times, you just got to get yourself started. Got to get that Naksha mentality. And lastly, we learned when Moshe had... The uh, the presence of mind when he had the uh, the of uh, the was it was on him to get Yosef's body out of Egypt and there were other good things to do and it's easy sometimes to do the good things that are easy and enjoyable fun and he had the presence of mind to use that wisdom and person sometimes could be thinking to themselves hey why do I have to do that for what's the point but you know Hashem. Always, always, everything ends up working out. You do your best. Shem does the rest. Have a good Shabbos. It's called Shabbos Shira, the, the Shabbos of the songs. You can check that out. A wonderful Shabbos. Thanks for coming on.